going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, it's National Championship Pod Time. It's Friday, January 7th, 2022. Say what's up to the people. Sir, roll, Todd, roll. Uh, another National Championship appearance for Nick Saban at the time. Hey, perfect segue into it. Back half of the podcast will be NFL week, week 18. We'll give you all the games. We'll also give you all our final predictions for the playoff picture. So we got a lot rolling out for you all on the podcast today, guys. Ben will be out next week. We're going to somehow have to figure out a way to get his takes on the national championship as he will be out on a ski trip. So it's be fun for him. Ben, you could probably go for a ski trip right now in your backyard of Nashville, Tennessee. Um <laughs> I'm I'm actually glad you didn't lose power. When I texted you this morning, I was like, "Damn, I hope he doesn't lose power." Is it? You think it's that bad there? Or no, no, not in terms of like losing power. I don't think. And we got ten inches of snow, which Jeez. is a lot for the south. But uh, no, my power has been working fine. I, I've been working uh, this morning and uh, yesterday with no issues. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, well, we're glad that didn't affect anything. But let's get down to this game here, guys. We have. The number one team versus the number three team in the or I don't even have Georgia's two or three, but anyway, guys, we have the BCS National three. Championship, college football playoff national championship. They're playing in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, the spread on this game is currently Georgia minus three. Um, the over under on this game is fifty two and a half. Ben, I'm gonna start out on this since this is your team. Look. Good news is, guys, y'all aren't going to hear agreement on the Alabama side here on this one. Unfortunately, I'm taking the dogs minus three. Look, I've never wanted myself to lose money on a bet as much as I have here in this case, but I simply have to take Georgia. Not only is the public all over Alabama, but that's not my real reasoning here. Look, I'm, Ben, I'm sure I'll give you guys the stat later about how the teams go that play each other, that meet for a second time in college football. I get it, man. The, the team that won the first time has been the better team and usually wins again the second time. I just think that it's so much different here. If Mechie was still playing for Alabama and was not hurt, I would probably take Alabama. I think that makes a huge change here. Georgia is the best defense in the nation by far, and that was really the only game they struggled all season outside of the first game of the season against Clemson was in this in that game against Alabama. When I think about the matchup more and everything, Bryce Young was sacked zero times in that game. We've seen Bryce Young struggle when he's been under pressure. He ran the ball really well, too, and got away from a lot of sacks. I think Georgia will have a different game plan to, to, uh, to contain him. And look, I'm not the best X's and O's guys in football, but I listen to a lot of guys who know a lot more than I do. They were saying that Georgia was never really blitzing anything in their front four, and they were just kind of hanging back, and they didn't get any real pressure. I expect Georgia to have all kinds of blitzes dialed up here. I really feel like Georgia kind of looked at it this way. They felt like the SEC might give Alabama a little home cooking to get two teams in the national championship, which, I mean, would make sense. The SEC would want two teams in the playoff, not saying anything weird happened or anything, but I think that was in the back of Kirby's mind, and I think he's going to have a much better game plan here. I mean, shit, he has to have a much better game plan here if you're seeing the team a second time or else that'll say a lot about him last time he did against Auburn he was able to shut them down but look I think Georgia has to get Stetson minutes settled in more he can't throw the ball 42 times they're gonna have to run the ball and try to keep Alabama's offense off the field this game's gonna be a lot different look if I'm Georgia I think I'm fine with Brian Robinson running for three or four four yards of carry you do not want to let them get that dynamic passing offense going I would play more to stop the pass let Alabama run a little bit you want to keep that Alabama offense off the field I think Brock Bauer is going to come out here and have a huge game as well for Georgia as he did last game he had over 100 yards I think he had 10 catches for like 116 yards last game Georgia was able to move the ball up and down the field they fell short a few times because it was desperation mode and they had to go for it but look I think Georgia is going to get theirs back here I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I would rather take the under in the first half than the full game. When these two teams have played each other, the totals is ended, has closed around like – it's been closer to 60, and these teams have gone over that total basically every single time they've played each other. I don't really want to mess around with it now that it's at 52 and a half. You know, you got to think teams are seeing each other second time. It's going to be a lot closer game. Look, I think Georgia wins this game like – 27 20 Alabama's gonna have a chance at the end and get stopped ultimately they're saying Jordan Davis was hurting from COVID we'll see if all that's true man but I think you got to trust the dogs here Georgia's crumbled every single time they've been in the big situation they always come up short so I could see the dogs slipping but I have to play the dogs as much as I hate it they always come up short playing Alabama not against anyone else I mean they've this is the second college football national championship appearance like the Oklahoma Rose Bowl was a big game Michigan this um Last week was a big game. So, I mean, they just struggle against Georgia. And and Stetson specifically has really played well against everyone not named Alabama in his career. Um, he's 0-2 
against Alabama. He's thrown five interceptions, I think four touchdowns in those two games, maybe mm-hmm. maybe five to five. But, you know, you're right um, about a couple things. Georgia did not pressure Alabama the way Auburn did, the way LSU did. Mm-hmm. Um and it it hurt them. It hurt them bad. Um, they really only blitzed four for most of their play. They didn't bring extra linebackers. If they brought in a linebacker, sometimes they had a defensive end drop back. And I, I think Alabama will be adjusted to what, you know, I, but, I mean, both coaches have basically said the same things all week. They're not going to change too much. You don't want to stray away and add too much um, to your players mentally. You just want them to play fast and play free. I, I mean, Georgia – uh, like yeah, their defense is is the best, and it's put up great stats this and that. But I wouldn't say their secondary is the best. I mean, they don't have two guys like Cincinnati did. Definitely Cincinnati's not. Got the best, Cincinnati's got the best secondary in college football, and I don't even think it's arguable. One guy hasn't given up a touchdown in thirty five games. The other guy unanimously just won the Jim Thorpe Award. Like, yeah, there's no one else who has two corners who are going to be first round picks right now. It, you don't have that in college football. Well, the, the way I think you got to look at it as, look, Alabama has some talented freshmen. Their route running and their, you know, ability to get opens probably is definitely not what Mechie's was, you know. I think you just got to gamble and say, look, we can get to them and pressure them on a couple big plays and leave our guys in one-on-one coverage and just bank on that you're, you know, you know if, you're, if your defense I don't think is, they have a choice. Yeah, well, yeah, let's put it this way, too. If Georgia's defense is as good as it is, they got to be able to get to Bryce Young and sack him on those plays, you know. Yeah, I mean, the – Listen, he's really good against the blitz, but he's not good if you get to him. He's mm-hmm. pretty easy to pretty easy to tackle once you get your hands on him. He's not the biggest dude in the world. Um, I like you know I, I don't think they should drop. I, I I would blitz a minimum of five every single play. Yeah, if I'm Georgia and make all five offensive linemen block somebody. And Georgia does a really good job of stunts and and twist and mixing up their looks. They got to find a way to get get to Bryce Young and get him down. I. The Bama receivers, I mean, first of all, they, the younger guys have gotten experience recently. Yeah. Corey Brooks played a lot in Auburn when um, Jamison Williams got ejected for targeting. He also caught the game when he passed that game. He played the entire second half when uh, John Mechie got hurt. And he just played an entire game and got another touchdown against Cincinnati. So the confidence should be there for Corey Brooks, even though he's only a freshman. Yeah, I mean, listen, everyone knows the talent and depth that Bama has. They got the guys to make the plays. It's just, can you go out there and make the plays? Mm-hmm. The I, I mean, I, I think it's the same. I don't think both teams can run the football on each other once again. Um, actually, Bama gives up less y- rushing yards per attempt than Georgia does this yep. year. Um, they're both like right around like 3.4 yards or 3.2 yards per rush or something like that. I, I mean, I think it's going to be fairly the same game plan for Alabama. I think they're going to run the ball to keep the balance, but they're going to throw, I mean, Bryce Young, let's see. He, I know Stetson Ben the last time they played, he threw the ball. It was like 48 attempts. It was right. Oh, it was 48. Team. I said 42, but I think you're probably right. It might even been more than that. It was 48 and Bryce Young threw 44. If, okay. If their pass attempts are anywhere near each other. George's at a distinct disadvantage. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Georgia's not going to win this game by throwing the football. Their defense is going to be out there quick. You know, Georgia, Georgia has to do what they always do. Run the damn ball. Yeah. And, Bama's uh, weakness technically has been giving up a lot of passing yards. They don't necessarily give up a lot of points to the air, but I mean, Georgia's got the deep threats. McConkley's been really good at going deep this year. Brock Bowers is good at yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jermaine Burton is really good uh, going to the deep ball. And then obviously Pickens can do just about anything you need him to do. 50-50 balls, go deep, screen passes, block. He can really do it all. Um, this matchup never comes down to talent. Both Teams are just as talented as each yep. other. It's often come down to who has the better game plan, who executes it better, and coaching. And I think it comes down to that once again. Um, I, I usually bring up in matchups like this, you got to make your field goals, right? The easy field goals that you're going to get offered in this game, you got to make. Mm-hmm. You got to get points when they're easy to get points. And we'll see. Um, I think, like, I could see Bama struggling first quarter coming out um the thing i would remind everyone is bama is behind at halftime just about every single time they play georgia yep and they finished out on top the last like six seven times yeah you <laughs> tweeted out something um interesting about like the points scored or something like that for the last 10 national champion champions 
Um, yeah, it was the you know, it was it, the offenses that each national championship had scored. The only reason why I tweeted those because as uh, Florida State had the most by far. Oh, okay. Um, but it just made me think that, like, yeah, no matter how good your defense is, you have to have a mm-hmm. talented offense and a high-powered offense to win a national championship. I mean, those numbers backed it up. All of those numbers were a lot of points scored. Most of them were in the 40s. So, yeah, um, you, you brought up that, that I was going to bring up a stat, and uh, it, it's actually good news for Georgia fans. So it's AP top five matchups between the same teams in a single season. So it's top five teams if you faced each other twice. It happened in 1959, 1996, 2011, 2020, and 2021. That's five times it's happened. The winner of the first game has never won the second game. So I guess that's good news for Georgia fans right there. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have the stat as well, though, for it's like teams had matched up twice. I know there was like a, almost a 100-game sample size. I know that the second matchup that the team that won the first one had won a lot more, but you are right. Once it got – I forgot about that. When it got to top five, though, that the top five team and the same team had never won twice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, like, Bama did this – the last time they did it was um, against LSU in that 20, 2011 year. Like, I, I don't know if you can really take much from, like, previous years. I mean, obviously, that's a decade ago. It's just different teams. Um like LSU didn't have like a, the high powered offense or, or defense that Georgia has now. Mm-hmm. Just football was just different from a decade ago. So, listen, I don't think Alabama's changing much. Um, I mean, I don't know why they would. They they won the first game pretty easily. I, I think they're going to put the ball in Bryce Young's hands. I think they're going to lean on Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien to coach up the offensive line to protect him. And if if number nine's got time to throw, good luck stopping him. He slings the rock better than anyone else in college football. He's also got the ability to run. I think Bama will get creative in ways to get Jameson Williams open. Uh, he talked about it in his press conference about, like, what he might see differently. And he's like, I mean, we seem to be fine in the second half without Mechie. Yeah, they brought guys over the top. It still didn't work. He still ran right past people. I, I, th- I just think they're going to get creative in getting uh, Jameson Williams the ball, however they want to do it. Screen passes, intermediate routes, limiting him going deep. I mean, Georgia's going to try and limit him going deep. I don't know if you, I mean, you got to keep, you got to stay in front of him. First of all, he's got the top end speed, like no one else in college football. He's reached like over 20, over 22 miles per hour, like three separate times this year. Yep. So I just think they'll lean on some of the young guys, but they have experience. So once again, both of their tight ends have already played in a national championship game. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it for national championship experience. I don't think, Jameson Williams didn't at Ohio State, and none of the young guys uh, – well, some of the young guys, I guess, last year. But, you know, I'm not really worried about experience. All these guys can catch a football, can run routes with the best of the people in the country. Most of them are four and five stars. It's When you get Nick Saban, the game plan is going to work. It's just can they execute and who makes the better adjustments. You know, we talked about it – what did we podcast, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. And the, one of the first things I said was – I mean, both teams make adjustments, and then, but when you play Georgia and Alabama, your first, like your your game plan, your number one game plan is not going to work. It's it's never going to work. You have to have two to three game plans to beat Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. They make you adjust off of your adjustments. I think we'll p- see a pretty competitive first half and pretty competitive game. Um, I still think Bama can score a lot of points on this defense. Yeah, I still think Bama can definitely score points on this defense. I just think, you know, with how good that both these defenses are, I think seeing each other twice, it's going to be a lot tighter game, a lot more on the line. You know, last time that they played each other in the national championship, it was a very tight game. Obviously, Alabama made the big switch to Tua at halftime. He ended up winning the game for him. You know, I, I really don't, don't have a backup quarterback, so Georgia fans can uh, can rest easy on that. Their backup quarterbacks won't won't get the job done. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, at the end of the day, Ben, I don't think picking Georgia is a bad pick. I don't think picking Alabama is a bad pick. I really think this is going to be a tight, close game. I'm just going with Al. I'm just going with Georgia here. I mean, this is a one-unit play for me. This is not a hammer max confidence play. You know, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be one hell of a game. Honestly, I think it's going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be close. I think I think this really will be one of the like the last time we watched these two teams play. I would argue that's probably the best national championship game we've seen. So. I mean, shit, I would argue this one's going to be just as good. I mean, we really – a lot of times – 
the, the talent on the field is ridiculous. Yeah, talent on the field is ridiculous. And I mean, when you think about it too, most of the time these national championship games are blowouts. You know, like outside of like Deshaun Watson versus Alabama, and outside of uh, Georgia versus Alabama, I mean, pretty much is always just an ass whooping the entire game. Like Ohio State killed Oregon uh, last year. Alabama killed Ohio State. You know, even back to that LSU killed Clemson in that game. Clemson with the Trevor Lawrence killed Alabama in that one. You know, like those games were never even competitive. Alabama is one in four against the spread. Last year was their first cover in in the national champ, championship since they've gone to the final four. So that is an interesting stat there. One of them, though, Deshaun Watson was down by two scores the whole game and backdoored like an eight and a half point spread yeah. or something. So yeah, but I'm just taking the I'm just taking the money line. Um, no, I can't. Yeah, I feel like if you want Alabama here, you take the money line, and if you want Georgia, you take you take the points. There's no value in that money line. But yeah, it, it's just like we talked about for Clemson Georgia at the beginning of the season. If you want the dogs, take the money. Take the dog as the money line. You want the favorite, lay the points. Um, anything else you want to talk about here before we move on? Should be a hell of a game. Should be a hell of an atmosphere. I've heard really good things about Indy being a host city. Obviously, they've hosted it multiple times for basketball, but um, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been down on that field before, before Falcons-Colts game. It's a great stadium, great venue. So it's going to be one hell yeah, it's oh, going to be one hell of a game. Live in, you used to live in Indy. I lived there for about three months. So, yeah, going, they're going back to my old home. Hopefully they come out victorious like I did. Anyway, so uh, move now over to the NFL half of the podcast. Um, also want to say this, too. If you're an NBA guy, you might want to tune in tonight. We got the Nets versus the Bucks, and we got the Hawks versus the Lakers late night on ESPN. So, Got one, got a hell of an ESP, NBA card on ESPN, um, but we do have some Saturday NFL action, guys. Saturday football is still um, still happening, so let's talk about these games a little bit. Look, I can't lie, guys. First disclaimer I want to say is NFL Week 17, when it was when there was only 17 weeks in the season, was my nemesis. I've never had a profitable week in Week 17. Um, week 18 this year, I'm going to play very very light. Probably only looking at like two two three bets i feel bad not playing a lot but you know guys at the end of the day this it's hard to handicap who's gonna be competitive in these games we're gonna talk about all the games that matter we'll start out with the first one here kansas city chiefs on the road at the denver broncos kansas city is still playing for something because technically if they lose this game not only could they drop to the three seed or maybe even the four if cincinnati and buffalo both win but they could also still get the one seed if tennessee were to go down so there's still a lot to play for here Kansas City is going to be laying 11 at Denver over unders at 45. You like anything in this game, Ben? I'm not going to take anything in this game. Um, I feel like I would take the big number, though. Uh, we've actually seen this year the the big heavy favorites have, have uh, come out on top more often than not this year. Um, I'm not going to take anything as an official play, but for a podcast pick, I would take the minus 11. I, I just think – like, first of all, this is the second time these teams have played. The Chiefs are playing for something. So, and, until it's like an absolute blowout, like, Mahomes should be in this game. Listen, they're rolling right now. Um, I guess it's about time I start admitting that they're back to being a really good football team. I just don't think they're the favorite in the AFC. That's all I've been saying all along. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the second time they've played this team, um, this time it's it's in Kansas City, isn't it? No, it's in Denver. No, no, it's in Den- it is in Denver this time. Um, they they played each other week 13, and, like, Mahomes, I don't even think he threw a touchdown pass. Like, I just yeah, that think, was the game when Denver kept driving down the field, and they would get down right. to the red zone and go for it and not get but isn't, it. Isn't Drew Locke still expected to start? Isn't Bridgewater still out? Drew Locke is playing quarterback in an NFL game. Yeah, and, like, I, I feel like it's easier to control the – time of possession when you have a guy like Teddy because he's more of a high completion percentage guy plus you could run the football like Drew Locke is you're not going to take him out of the gunslinger mentality if he sees a guy open downfield he's going to let it rip and most of the time it's not a very good throw so I, I don't think the Broncos would be able to control the time of possession they did last time I had to pick something for the podcast I'm just going to lay the points to the Chiefs yeah you know Ben maybe I'll wake up in one action in these games and play a 10 point teaser. Cause that's about the only way I could play this game, which you have to pick three teams. So I would take Kansas city. I'll tell you what the other thing is. I'll throw in that 10 point teaser and I'd probably throw an NBA game in that, which I think would be six for an NBA game. But anyway, I'll probably not touch in these games games. I'll watch them a little bit though on Saturday. Y'all know I love football. I'm definitely going to watch this shit for sure. But look, 
Kansas City is an 11 point favorite in Denver. Kansas City has owned Denver lately. Drew Locke is playing quarterback in an NFL game. Come on now, but I actually think Denver would be the right pick here. Vic Fangio is kind of the is kind of like the godfather of playing that too high safety, which you know Kansas City struggles with. He's going to make Kansas City and Mahomes grind it out on the ground and throw short in order to beat him. They're not going to be a lot of big plays. Tough for Kansas City to get margin. Don't know if they'll have the motivation to get a ton of margin as well. They might just try to coast through this game. No official play for me on this one. Like I said, it's Drew Locke, but I would lean the points. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still out, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but he didn't really move the needle for me. I think Darrell Williams and that other guy is better than him. Gore. I was just saying, if they, need, if they need to run the ball a lot, it's nice to have the guy that was your first-round pick. Yeah, I agree, although I think Edwards-Alaire is a total bust. But anyway, um, next game up here on the slate – Still something to play for here as well. The Eagles win this one. They could potentially so that if the if the Eagles and 49ers both make the playoffs with the same record, the 49ers will have they will own a tiebreaker against them. They're currently tied right now, even though the Eagles have officially clinched a spot. Um, but if they were to both to win, the 49ers would still have the spot over them. So the Eagles still might have something to play for. Dallas lost to Tampa Bay first game of the season this year. No matter what Dallas does, they cannot improve their playoff positioning. Therefore, Dallas is still a four-and-a-half-point favorite in Philadelphia. Over-unders at 43-and-a-half. You like anything here? I actually do. Um, and every time I've talked about the Cowboys offense that I that I do really like and how efficient it is when everyone's healthy, I've always mentioned Michael Gallup. You mm-hmm. Go back to any podcast, his, his name is mentioned every single time. Well, he's now out for the year. And listen, he's not like their one, two – receiver and obviously it's CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and even Dalton Schultz gets a lot of targets for a tight end but Michael Gallup is very important to this team and they're not going to have him for the rest of the year I think it puts more I don't think it puts more pressure on the receivers I think it puts more pressure on the running backs to be honest with you without a receiver it puts more pressure to the Cowboys to have a balanced attack if they can't run the football you're really going to rely on Dak Prescott, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper, who are all fantastic players. But the Eagles have a very good secondary. And Darius Slay is going to be on – I don't know if he goes to one side of the field, if he's going to tail a receiver, but it's really, really difficult to throw against Darius Slay. Um, just, the, just the ability to pick any quarterback off, quarterback off at any point in time. He's done it. He did it in Detroit for all those years. As bad yep. as Detroit was, he was always the top quarterback in the league. Still plays at a high level, and we know the Eagles' rush defense is one of the best in the NFL. I'm going to take the Eagles, a home dog. Um, it's in Philly, right? I'm not mistaken. Yep. That it's in Philly. Yeah, I mean, a, a home dog and a rival, a home division game. You know, I love those matchups. Give me Philly with the points. Yeah, I think I might have to join you, honestly, in taking Philly in the points here. Mika Parsons is also on the COVID list here. Dallas has nothing to play for here. I'd shock to see Dak Prescott play a ton in this game. I think Philadelphia comes out here and beats them. I mean, look, these two teams hate each other. This is an in-division matchup. My old roommate was a big Cowboys guy. His nick, his name on Twitter is Philly Hater, so if that tells you anything how much these teams hate each other. They I've hate each other before. a lot. Yeah, they hate each I've... other a lot. So, you know, I think at the end of the day here, the Eagles come out here and take care of business. It's pretty simple handicap. Dallas, nothing to play for. Eagles still have a little something to play for. If this game is on Sunday, it might feel, be a little different. Um, so they try to do these games, guys, at simultaneous times. So teams have something to play for. The weird thing is, though, they flex Chargers Raiders to Sunday night football, therefore giving the Steelers and the Ravens still something to play for as well. Ben, both these teams need to win, and they need some losses to happen in front of them for them to get in. So your exact scenario for these teams to get in here is – you need the Steelers need a Raiders. So the, so the Steelers need um, Indianapolis to lose. And then on top of that, they need then. So they need Indianapolis to lose. And then either the Chargers or Raiders, it doesn't matter who wins between them two, but they want a tiebreaker. The Ravens, same thing. They need Indianapolis to lose here. Um, and they need the Chargers actually though to win for the Ravens to get in because the Ravens have owned the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Chargers. Anyway, the Ravens are minus five here at the house. Over and under in this game is 41. Um, I'm not going to lie, guys. This one's very tough. Part of me sits yeah. here and says, look, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, underdog, they're 17 and two ATS. Mike, within this kind of underdog spot here, catching five points. At the same time, though, the Ravens do owe them one for what happened last time. These two teams do play each other close. Honestly, though, I think five points a few too many when you have two rivals playing each other. The Ravens do owe them one. I actually think the Ravens win this game outright, but I think Pittsburgh covers the five points. I think Pittsburgh loses this game by three. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree that this is this is a tougher game um, to pick, decide, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I believe Lamar Jackson is also back because um, I was looking at Tyler Huntley and like he's only projected like zero point one fantasy points, so he's not playing. Um, Big Ben's last game against his hated rival. Um, if this was in Pittsburgh, I, I would feel a little bit more comfortable back in Big Ben, but I don't. Um, but I'm not. I'm not going to play anything in this game. Um, I'm just gonna let the just gonna watch and see how this rivalry kind of plays out. One last moment. I, I don't think Indy loses to help Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't think it's gonna matter because I don't think the Steelers win this game. And even if they do, I don't think Indy loses. Yeah, it is Big Ben's last game. Maybe he'll have a little magic up his sleeve. But yeah, I think Pittsburgh keeps it within the points. This game is in consideration for one of my plays. I'm I'm telling you guys, I'm only playing probably three games. I think I'm gonna have to take that Eagles though on Saturday night. Um, next game up on the slate is so we got Cincinnati versus Cleveland. Look, the only the Bengals are sitting hella players. Joe Mixon's on COVID list. Joe Burrow sitting. Uh, I think they might even have some guys out on defense as well. Um, but if Cincinnati were to win this game, and like I said earlier, Kansas City were to lose and Buffalo were to lose via tiebreakers and whatnot, they could slide up two spots to the number two seed. I, they've clearly shown that they don't care about that. They want to go in the playoffs. Um, Cleveland is currently a six-point favorite over-unders at 38 in this game, but Case Keenum's playing quarterback as well. I can't touch this game with a yeah, I can't touch this game with a 10-point pull, but Brandon Allen's gonna be playing quarterback for Cincinnati. I would probably take the over, honestly. Both these teams will probably just be having fun messing around in this game. I I could see it definitely going over. I mean, it's just such a low total. Um I I'm not taking anything scam. I'm not betting on a game with Case Keenum and Brandon Allen. Um, I do have to, I did have to pick up a quarterback in my fantasy football championship that no one cares about. And I picked up Case Keenum. So I'm hoping he plays well. Yeah. Um, I mean, my options were terrible. I mean, like Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, I tried to pick up Justin Fields. He's not playing whatever enough fantasy talk. No one cares. Um, I'm not playing in this game because I, I mean, there's just who, what am I going to back Case Keenum and the Browns? I mean, congrats to the Bengals and making the playoffs. You guys absolutely deserve it. Gonna be, a, I think they're gonna be a tough matchup for whoever they match up against in the playoff. This is no pick for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'll lean the over in this game. I got nothing though for y'all. Um, next game up here on the slate, we got the Tennessee Titans. Who, if they win, they they rack up the number one seed, playing the horrible Houston Texans. They're minus ten in this game. Um, over unders at forty two and a half in this one. Anything, Ben? Uh, the Titans are gonna win this game. Uh, I mean, I'm sure their money line is is huge, but. No, nothing in this game. Uh, the only thing to report is Derrick Henry was activated. Um, it does not mean he's going to play. They activated him, meaning he could come back um, this week or, you know, just like the practice. You have to activate him to practice. So yeah. he was doing some drills in practice. I doubt he went through a full practice. Um, I mean, I, I think it's important that they get the one seat so they give Derrick Henry another game to rest. I think Brable knows that. I think this team will be somewhat motivated. Um, they may not be motivated the entire game, but they'll be motivated enough to get the lead that they need, and then they can take out Tannehill and let A.J. Brown kind of rest up just because he's been banked up late in the season a little bit. I think they'll do what they need to do early on, and uh, the only thing I would look at is maybe like a first-half spread for Tennessee. That could be interesting. Um, just get a big lead at halftime, then kind of coast your way to the finish line. That's what I would assume would be and should be the game plan for Tennessee, but um, if I don't play a first half spread for Tennessee, I'll, I'll be playing. Bet. Um, so Tennessee is, doesn't, like you said, probably can take care of in the first half. I feel like Houston's going to hang around and try to be scrappy here. I think Tennessee ends up getting over the number in the second half at some point, maybe Houston bag doors them for that sake. I'll take Houston plus 10 here. I'm not betting this game with a 10-foot pole, guys. I mean, all the reasons have been said. Tennessee will handle business, though. They will clean these guys up. They did lose to Houston last time they played against them in that horrible five-turnover game, so there could be a little revenge out here, and they could just blow the doors off them, as a matter of fact. Um, we got Washington versus the Giants. Not talking about that game since there's nothing to talk about there. Jake Fromm is playing quarterback. Also, too, though, I do have Houston's win total under four and a half, so I kind of do have a little wager, I guess, in that Houston-Tennessee game, but I think I should be fine on that. Are they at four right now? Yeah, they're at four. So I, I they gotta lose if they win. I'm gonna be pissed, man. Um, next one up up here, Chicago versus Minnesota. Neither team has anything to play for. I'll pass on that game as well. Indianapolis. Zimmer. 
Yeah. Zimmer and Zimmer and Kirk Cousins' future, I, I think, is what they're kind of playing for. I don't it's think Kirk, ga- Yeah, I don't even know if Kirk Cousins is playing. He may not be. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure I either. Just, I, I don't I, Listen, I think Zimmer is, is a good coach, and Same. I think it could be a situation where, yeah, they've fallen under – I don't know, like, have they fallen under expectations? Like, yeah, they beat the Saints in that one playoff game on a freak play, but how far were they projected to go in those play- – like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's a coach that can get them to the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't fire him just because I don't believe the grass is always green on the other side. Um, and, and Unless you know of a coach that can come in and get this team rolling, I, I would still stick with him for at least another season. I mean – you kind of have to keep Kirk. I think it's hard to get rid of Kirk Cousins on that contract. So I don't know if the players like Kirk Cousins, they like playing for him, then I would keep both of them. But I wouldn't be shocked if Zimmer uh, gets fired, to be honest with you. It's just the way the NFL works. Sometimes you get fired and a lot of people don't think you do. Um, Bottom line is you have to make the playoffs. You have to win games. Sometimes the Vikings don't do that as well as they probably should. Yep. Um, let's keep moving here. Um, next game up on here is Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. This game actually still has something to play for. Indianapolis is playing 15 at Jacksonville over under in this game's at 44. Um, first of all, guys, Indianapolis hasn't won in Jacksonville since 2015. I couldn't even believe that stat when I saw it. I had to go back and look. It is legit guys. They have not won there since 2015. Um, I think Indianapolis ends that streak, though, here. Trevor Lawrence finally threw for a touchdown in garbage time, ending that streak for him as well, where he hadn't thrown one since Halloween. Jacksonville's mm. missing, like, all their running backs without Agnew, without uh, James Robinson, whatnot. I just don't see how anything's going well here for Jacksonville. Maybe they come out motivated last game of the season against an in-division rival. I honestly doubt it. At the same time, though, 15 is a weird number. I'll take the 15 points here with the Jags, but I don't – I'm not betting this game. Hell no. I – it, I'm not going to bet it, but if I did, I would actually be on the opposite side. Um, okay. Honestly, my only reasoning is because the New England Patriots just ran for 181 yards on the Jags last week and put up 50 points. I mean, New England's a really good running football team, but the Colts are even better at it. Um, I mean, if you have if you have at least three out of your five offensive linemen that are starters for the Colts and Jonathan Taylor playing, I think he has a monster game. I just don't see the Jags offense moving the football on anyone, but really on this Colts defense, I would probably lay the 15, but uh, I mean, for the podcast, give me the minus 15 for the Colts. It's not going to be an actual play for me though. Yeah. Nothing actual on that game. Um, I want to talk about this game real quick, just because I have an I'm going to have an official play in this game. Green Bay plays Detroit. Green Bay is currently right now minus three and a half. Green Bay has nothing to play for in this game, guys. Detroit, Dan Campbell. I wouldn't say that. Wouldn't say that totally. But go ahead. I got got something that Aaron Rodgers is playing. Well, yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, But I mean... Green Bay doesn't want to play in this game. Look, I want official. There's no official word. This game's actually not up on the board where you can bet it. The line's just projected to be at three and a half when it comes online. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is even going to play in this game or not. I don't care if he plays or not. I want to know, though, how much he's going to play in this game. But I'm definitely going to play some on Detroit before the game starts. And then I'm definitely going to play Detroit second half if Aaron Rodgers plays the whole first half. I want to figure out how long he's going to be in there. But there will be an official play for me on this game. I'll be loading up on the Lions. So check me out on Twitter and Instagram for that. So I will say, like, I mean, just back to fantasy, just just for, like, projection, Aaron Rodgers has only projected 12 points this week. Typically, he's projected around 19. Um, so I, I, I mean, he's not playing the whole game. I would probably predict a half. Um, he, is paying, he is playing for something. And honestly, the type of guy that Aaron Rodgers is in, like, interviews and the style of play that he plays, the way he talks, like, you know that he wants every dime that he feel like he's owed. Like he, he likes to play well. He likes to shove in people's faces when he's playing well. He likes everyone to know that he's the best, you know, this and that. I mean, he's, he could earn up to a hundred thousand dollars in incentives uh, just from this game. He, all he has to do to finish in the hundred, to get the hundred thousand, he has to finish top three in the NFL and passer rating, completion percentage, interception percentage, yards per attempt and passing touchdowns he's right around the corner he's either top three or top five in all of those categories 
So I think the Packers will allow him to kind of light it up in the first half, throw the football a little bit. And as soon as he kind of gets those stats, I think they take him out. But tell you what, Rodgers knows what he needs to get the $100,000. Listen, $100,000, $100,000 might not be that much to him. He's already filthy rich. But you know he likes money. You just know he does. Like he, he wants everything that he feels like he's owed. I feel like he knows this incentive. Um, I, you know, like him and Brady, like they're well aware of how their contracts work. They're well aware of like, like if Devontae Adams had, if he needed 10 receptions in this game to get an incentive, Aaron Rodgers would know that. I think, I think Brady knew uh, Antonio Brown. Um, they gave him like a shuffle pass late. And he was one reception away before he had his meltdown. Like, I, I just think these quarterbacks care about the teammates that they truly love. I think they know the incentives because they're just smart, high, intelligent players. Don't be, don't be shocked to see Rodgers light it up in the first half. And if he does, that's when you are correct. You live bet Detroit in the second half. Yeah, so I'm just going to take that two-half spread on Detroit. I'm definitely taking the two-half spread on Detroit no matter what, but we'll see how much Rodgers actually plays. Will be an interesting thing to see there. Um, we go though to the 425. He would be visibly pissed if Lafleur pulled him and and he felt like he wasn't close. Like he would he would visibly be pissed off. He'd probably scream at the coach and everyone would say he's a bad guy for this and that. But it's just who he is. You he is like a bad guy. Don't. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. He's a scumbag in my opinion. I don't like him. I don't. I, I don't know a- him personally. I know a couple of people that have met him in person and have had great reviews of him. I like him as a football player. I don't like him as a football player either, honestly. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but that's just me I being a Falcons him. fan. I don't like him. I'll never forgive him for coming in and whooping our ass in that in, in the I second round him. of the playoffs. I, can, I don't like him. I've never been a Rodgers guy. Anyway, though, let's move over to the – I do. I will say this. I can't deny, though, how good he is. He's a damn good player. Um, let's move, though, to the next game here on the list. We got the 4-12 and Jets taking on the 10-6 and Buffalo Bills. Like I said, this game still matters for playoff seating. Bills are 16-point favorites. Over-under set at 41 in this game. So – this is a sharp play. I'm not looking to play, but I think it's very sharp here. I think the Jets plus the 16 is the right call here, guys. Look, the Bills, they cannot run the football very well. I think the Jets can come out here and stuff their ability to run. They're not going to want to run Josh Allen. He's been their run leader in most of these games. Josh Allen threw a lot of interceptions. They're not going to want to throw the ball a ton and play that high-variance type of football and get a real battle here. I think the Bills really will struggle to get margin in this game, and I think the Jets keep it inside the 16. So I like the Jets to cover here. Yeah, I mean this game is this game's tough. Um, let's see, Buffalo. Remind me what seed they are right now, and if they can, and if that can change. Um, Buffalo, they're the four seed, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah, they so would they jump could, Cincinnati. They would jump Cincinnati if Cincinnati loses. Um, what's the number one more time? Um, it's at sixteen. I just that's a lot of points. I mean I guess give me the Jets plus sixty. It's just like a lot of points and like for a team that can't run the ball and doesn't want to play a doesn't want to play a tight game, that's a ton of points. You I mean, yeah. I I mean I agree with everything you said. Just give me the Jets plus six plus sixteen. I mean, they're still trying to develop Zach Wilson. They're still trying to find out what his strengths are and play the strengths. You know, obviously they're not playing for anything important, but you are trying to develop him. And going plus 16 into a game, I know teams aren't supposed to care about the spread. You just can't lose this game if you're trying to develop a young quarterback. So or I, you can lose this game. You just can't. Don't get like, don't lose by 20. Cause then, like, what are you doing with Zach Wilson's development? He's got no confidence, right? Yeah, just give me the Jets. I I don't I hate backing them. They're just so bad. That's what I'm saying. I'm not looking to put any real money on that one. That's one of those week 18 games that I'm not betting on. But I think it is a very sharp play to take the Jets there. I think it, I think you'll get to the window with that. Um, next game up here is finally probably this is probably the best game of the entire slate. This game will be on 4:25. San Francisco 49ers nine and seven taking on the LA Rams, fighting for their playoff lives here. Over under in this game's at 45 and a half. The spread is currently Rams minus four and a half. Ben, anything on this game? Listen, I've been I've been more so on the Rams uh, than you have been. We've kind of disagreed on them, um, kind of here and there the past couple of weeks. I think beginning of the year, we were kind of on the same page. Um, with listen, they're on a five game win streak. The Rams, obviously, they haven't really blown any of those teams. And they blew Jacksonville out. Um, 
it was close against Arizona. It was close. It was closer than it should have been against Seattle. It was close against Minnesota. Even could have lost that game. Um, and it was close against Baltimore last week. I mean, I think the best play is the fact that the Rams aren't blowing anyone out right now. I think the better play is to probably take um, the 49ers, especially with the record that Shanahan has had. I'm going to take the under in this game. Um, I think both defenses show up. I, I think Stafford, we've seen that he's prone to a couple of turnovers, at least one per game at this point. Um, I, I just think San Fran's going to really hone in on Cooper Cup, not let him get 15 catches in this game, but he just seems to easily get. I mean, he's had over 10 catches just way too often. I know he's a stud. He's one of the best route runners, but like teams should be putting two, three guys on him at this point. And there's a chance Cam Akers does play in this week. I believe he is still activated. Uh, yeah, he's we'll supposed to get some much. snaps. Yeah, we'll see how much. I'm just going to take the under. I think both of these defenses are good. Um, I personally don't have a ton of confidence in Jimmy G lighting up the scoreboard against good defense. So I'm going to take the under 44 and a half. I don't trust the Rams. I trust the Rams to win this game, especially being at home. I don't really trust them to cover right now against anyone. Yeah. Um, look. Matthew Stafford's 13, 32, and 2 against the spread against 500-plus teams November or later. Um, Kyle Shanahan is not great against the spread, as we talked about all year as a favorite, but he's 59% against the spread as a dog. He's better. He is better on the road, too. Yeah, on the road as a dog. This is Kyle Shanahan's spot. It's bread and butter. I think Trey Lance comes in here and gives them all they want and more. I think Trey Lance balls out here a little is bit. It, is I Trey think, Lance starting? Is it yeah, not Garoppolo? J- Jimmy G's doubtful still. Oh, I, he was activated, and so I thought he was going to play. I still, I still see like him the under. Doubtful. Yeah, I still, I still like. I still like the under. I mean, Trey Lance is not going to. Yeah, he's not. Gonna yeah, regardless of who plays quarterback here, I like San Francisco plus the four and a half here. I think San Francisco covers this game. I think they got a lot to play for here. Same time though, the Rams have a lot to play for too, as they do want to win this division. And the Cardinals play the Seahawks, who they should clean up. So, look. I think they, I think 49ers cover. I actually think they lose this game straight up, though. I think the Rams win this game by two or three points. I think the 49ers lose outright, but cover the number. So, the Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, according to fantasy football, he is projected to be the starter as of right now. Um, he was limited at practice on Thursday, but he did practice. Um, let's see. According to two different writers from The Athletic, Garoppolo seemed to be his normal self throwing more passes than he did Wednesday, with some of them going for 35 to 40 yards to prove that he could throw the ball downfield. Garoppolo may enter this week as questionable, but even if Kyle Shanahan knows Garoppolo will reclaim the starting role from rookie, he won't let the decision be known until Sunday. So it's pretty much a game-time decision. Um, I mean, fantasy football projections think he's going he's gonna to start, so... Like I said, the under, I'm not really scared on who plays quarterback for them. Both of them, I don't think, light the football up um, against, like, the pass rush that the Rams can get on them. Von Miller actually is playing a little bit better, kind of playing like the Von Miller the Rams mm-hmm. traded for. He had that big strip sack against, I think it was against Arizona. Yep. Um, I just think the Rams can get the pass rush. Give me the under because I think Stafford's prone to make a couple of mistakes. Um. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think under is a good look, honestly, against these two teams. They're familiar with each other. Um, next team up here is New England versus uh, Miami. New England minus six on the road at the Dolphins. Over-unders at 40. Anything from you on this one, Ben? Dolphins have nothing to play for. New England still can play for wild-card positioning. Yeah, I mean, I, if the Dolphins had something to play for, I'd, I'd maybe back them um, just because they do play well against uh, – they do play well against the Patriots at home in, in the recent years. I, I still think they fight. Like, I, I think, like, you know, Tua is a guy that he's not going to just lay over and give up. I feel like Brian Flores is not a type of guy to just roll over and just wait till next season to start. I mean, who knows? I mean, Brian Flores discreetly could be fighting for his job. Listen, I know that they went on a hot streak, and I get that, but the Dolphins 100% underperformed based on – expectations this year they had one of the best defenses in the nfl all of last season especially with getting turnovers they have two of the highest paid corners and they started the year like one in seven so i think the dolphins will fight um if i had to pick anything i'd probably honestly i'd probably pick the dolphins 
but I'm not going to because they're not really playing for anything. I just feel like they're a motivated team based on the coach's personality and how I know Tua's personality is. Uh, I would take the plus six at home. Like I said, division dog at home. Uh, typically, I do lean that way, but I mean, I'm, I have a small card this week as well. I'm going to stay off this week or stay off this uh, matchup. Um, yeah, um, so, so on this, on this game, it's a tough one, honestly, in division, um, rivalry, um, like you said, you know, I, I'm definitely not laying six here with Mac Jones on the road. Like you said, I think Flores and company still got a lot to play for here, which is pride and they hate the Patriots guts. I think dolphins plus six wouldn't be shocked to see dolphins win outright. There's nothing they'd love more here than to knock them off. Um, yeah, I, team too, Flores. yeah, I got the Dolphins for sure here in this one. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably not playing that actually though, but I got the Dolphins. Um, last game up here on the slate is, or not last game yet, but uh, we got Seattle versus Arizona. Seattle minus six and a half. Let's make this one quick. Arizona's got to play for something here. Seattle plus Arizona, six and a half, right? Yeah, I th- or, yeah, minus yeah. six and a half for Arizona. Arizona's going to kick their ass. I'm not betting on this yeah. game, but Arizona minus six be the only play. I mean, the same thing I'd probably say what I just said about the Dolphins. I think Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson play with a lot of pride. I just I – mean, their defense is atrocious. Um, J.J. Watt was just activated for the Cardinals. I don't know if he's necessarily going to play this week, but that is good news for the playoffs. Um, guy with just a lot of experience, a lot of sacks in his career. Uh, I would I would take Cardinals with the points. Um, they got to get some kind of mojo going into the playoffs, don't you think? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they finished the year very strong. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think that was a big win though last week against Dallas. So I think Cardinals. I mean, it definitely was, but they lost three games before that, and two of them were against playoff teams. Although they were, one of them was an AFC team, so they won't see them yeah. to the Super Bowl. I just think they got to get some kind of mojo going. Yeah, for sure. Cardinals here for sure. Next game up here on the slate: Tampa Bay minus eight against Carolina. Um, I think Carolina covers here and gives Tampa Bay more than they want Tampa Bay doesn't have yeah Carolina does suck Tampa Bay though at the same time doesn't have the weapons they used to on offense I think Tampa Bay I don't think Tampa Bay covers eight points here Uh, nothing about the Panthers I can trust um kind of the buck like how to adjust with with the injuries out this will be the first game without really everyone that they're going to have without for the rest of the season so it, it might just be like a Gronk player prop kind of game um, or like a Cameron Brait player prop game. I think that's kind of interesting. But in terms of the betting, I, I would take nothing. Yeah, if I had not, to take something, I'd probably take Tampa Bay just because of how bad the Panthers are. See, I'm not betting on that game, but I think it's probably uh, – I think I think it's – I think Carolina probably covers, but I'm not betting that game. It's an individual rivalry. Um, last game here on the slate – or second to yeah, last I just went, game. I just went against the home dog division rivalry. Yeah, second to last game here on the slate, guys. We got, but the, at the same time, those teams are moving in different directions. You know, Russell Wilson, right. Seattle don't care at all anymore. Um, we got New Orleans Saints eight and eight, fighting for their playoff lives. They have to win, and they need San Francisco to lose. I did predict San Francisco would lose earlier. Atlanta seven and nine, hosting the team they hate at home. Over under in this game is at forty. Ben, I want you to repeat to me right now what you said when we were in the warm up, when we were in the green room before the podcast started. I said the Saints are awful, and I don't think you can even dispute it. The Saints are awful. They're awful, and they're going to come into our house. I don't care about either. I don't even care about their defense. I don't care about anything. Taysom Hill is playing quarterback. They're going to come in our house as favorites. Give me a freaking break. The Falcons are going to whoop their ass. Kyle Pitts even wants to play in this game. I wish he could teach some of that teammate that that motivation to Calvin Ridley. He needs it, man. Kyle Pitts is going to play. The Falcons will kick their ass and end their season. The Saints are going to miss the playoffs, and all Atlanta fans are going to laugh into every New Orleans fan's face in the stadium. Falcons win this game. I don't even think it's going to be close, to be honest with you. I think we beat their ass. Matt Ryan needs 200. 83 yards for another 4,000 yard passing season. He's going to want every bit of that. Falcons win this game at 31 17. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think it's a low scoring game. Um, I, I don't hate the, what's the, uh, what's the total again? 40. It's probably too low for me to take an under, but there's a reason why it's that low. Not it's a bad play, Saints, though. Saints offense is just. Falcons defense is good, man. They're good. It, it is good. 
Uh, AJ Terrell has been one of the best cornerbacks in football. Obviously, the Pro Bowl doesn't appreciate him, but mm, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think the Falcons is definitely a winnable game. I think the Falcons, once again, like they're trying to build something. It may not be with Matt Ryan in the future, but like Dean Pease and, and Arthur Smith, like he's trying to prove he can be a head football coach in this league. And going into this game, like he can be eight and nine. And I feel like if he wins eight games in his first season, I feel like Falcons fans would be like, listen, we got our guy. We have a guy that we feel comfortable in moving forward in this organization. I do think the team plays hard. It uh, it seems inevitable that Calvin really is going to be gone from the Falcons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy Kyle Pitts is motivated to play in this game. Cordell Patterson said on his upcoming free agency, he's like, why would I not want to be a Falcon for life? Have you seen the way they treated me? Um, I think the city loves him. I, I hope Falcons fans show up for this game. Obviously, I wouldn't say I'm a great Falcon fan. I haven't been to a Falcon game in years. Um, not much. Haven't planned to go to a Falcon game in years, to be honest with you. But it is what it is. Like, I, I think the Falcons show up motivated. Um, I, I think Matt Ryan, I mean, he just loves the game of football. Like, he, he's the same category I'd put, like, Russell Wilson in terms of motivation. in. like, if he's on the field playing, he's going to give you everything he's got. Um, I would take I would take the Falcons with the points at home because I like home do, home dog uh, uh, in division, but I would also take the Falcons with the money line. Like to me, it's just straight up disrespectful. Like the Falcons should absolutely like. I feel like that they, that they're probably walked in the locker room and they said, if we have any pair of balls, they're really going to let these trash ass mfs come into our stadium and be favored of us. Saints are horrible. I can't name a single good victory they have all season. Falcons give them the beat down. I think I really Saints, think it's going to be a beatdown. Is the first is the first week count? No, I'm not Green counting. Bay. I'm not counting that game. I'm not counting. They, that they got a couple. They do have a couple of good wins. They won in New England. I know it's a rookie yeah. quarterback. They've beaten Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay was healthy. They've actually beaten Tampa Bay twice. Um, you got to say the Saints have a couple of good wins for what they're working with. Like they've had so many injuries. I know you hate them, but you do have to give them a little bit of credit because they do have some good wins on their character. Let's just put it this way. If the Falcons didn't have a whole new coaching staff for the first couple of weeks of the season, I think we would be in the opposite position in this game. Anyway, though, let's no, move you to- don't because that would mean that would mean what's his name is still our coach. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying like if that we had this coaching staff, like if this coaching oh, staff was in their yeah. second year, I think it, I got you. I think we'd be a playoff team for sure. I, I thought think you meant if, if they didn't get a new coach, I'm like so. No, no, Dan no. Quinn no. would Dan Quinn would get this team to eight wins. Hell no. And the worst part about that is Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris are doing great jobs elsewhere. I can't stand either of them. F both of them anyway. Let's move to let's yeah, move but they're both the, not they're both not head coaches, so it's different. Yeah, for sure. Let's move though to the last game here on the slate. We have the both nine and seven teams in the AFC West playing each other. The LA Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Most of y'all are probably listening to listen to us talk about this game. Well, we made you wait till the end. I think I'm going to go official on this game, guys. Um, Chargers three point road favorites over under 49 and a half. Ben, you rocking with your boys? You came on here before the season started and said this was your squad. Are you rocking with them now in Week 18? They were my squad until they weren't my squad again. And I've announced they weren't my squad again, but now I'm announcing they are my squad again. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to take two plays in this game, actually. I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take uh, the Chargers with the points. I We saw the first time they played. I just looked up the score. It was 28-14. But the Chargers really moved the ball um, with, the, with a lot of ease in that game, kind of through the air, to be honest with you. And that was earlier in the season. That was week four. So I think both these teams are – Obviously, a lot different. We know why the Chargers are a lot different. Um, you know, like in that game, like I'm, I'm pulling up the box score real quick. Um, Herbert in that game played outstanding. And I think he can absolutely repeat that performance. You know, Keenan Allen, if he's open, he catches the football. He's done that for – I mean, he's like one of the most consistent receivers that doesn't get enough love mm-hmm. for the past like five, six years in the NFL. Um, Mike Williams is fully healthy, played last week, caught a long touchdown pass, which is what he does well, goes deep. Austin Eckler is officially back. I just think the Chargers have their mojo. When they when they get going, um, I like that Derwin James took a lot of responsibility for, for the defense looking bad. Um did you see that like on Twitter about he was talking to Brandon Staley, the head coach, and he said, uh, like, we got to correct this. We got to fix this. And and um, I, did I say Jalen Ramsey, by the way? I definitely meant Derwin James. Yeah, I think you did say Jalen uh, Ramsey. I meant Derwin James. They're both four state people. And he said, coach, I got you. 
Like, you don't have to worry about that. I'll get that fixed. I think the Chargers do play one of their best games of the season right now. I just don't think the Raiders have enough. And I like Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr a lot more than most people give him credit for. I just think Herbert could ball out in this matchup. Um, I mean, I don't know how many, like, diehard Chargers fans there are, but if there are any, they will be in Vegas for this game. So I don't think – I don't know. I, I think the Chargers play well on the road. Obviously, they don't have a great home field advantage. They play so a road game. The, yeah, they play a road game all yeah. 17 games of the season. Um, I just think Herbert can get it done. I think he's just ready to take this team to the next level. If I were Herbert and if I was someone that motivates Herbert, maybe someone in his inner circle, I'd say, look what Joe Burrow is doing in games that matter for his team. It's time for you to do the same thing. Ben, I'm on the opposite side of here, here man. Look, Darren Waller's probably going to be back and play in this game. The Raiders have had the most up-and-down season of all teams. I feel like this is when Derek Carr – I feel like Derek Carr is a motivator, first off. I feel like this is the only reason why this team's still going, because Derek Carr motivates them. Derek Carr is a baller and a grinder, too. Probably the most underrated quarterback in the entire NFL. This dude's a stud. I think that he is going to be in there yelling and getting everyone hyped up, basically saying, look, we're still here. Everyone's counting us out. We're home dogs in division. We got a chance to go to the playoffs here, man. This defense is legit for them. And look, I don't think Brandon Staley's ready. Brandon Staley's proven that he can that he contradicts himself. He was kicking field goals last week from the five yard or from the two yard line when he was going for it from the five yard line a couple weeks ago. I think the Chargers have blown too many opportunities. I think Raiders plus three here's the play. And also, two guys, here's something interesting for y'all. If there's multiple losses in the earlier window. There is a situation where that both the Chargers and the Raiders can both get in the playoffs here, and both teams will just be kneeing out the clock the entire game. But I think the Raiders happen. could get it. Yeah, it could. It could happen. I doubt it will, but it could happen. But look, guys, I think the Chargers come up short in this game. I don't think Brandon Staley's ready for it. I think that we're going to hear a lot of talk about Brandon Staley's idiotic moves in the offseason. Raiders get in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm not picking the Chargers for Brandon Staley. I would. I mean, yeah. No, he's he's actually lost them more games than the team's probably lost. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think the better team shows up, and I'll be, I'm I'm back and forth. Typically, I love the home division dogs, but I'm kind of back and forth this week. It's just I, I think the better team wins this game. I think the Chargers are the better team. Yeah. See, I just think Brandon Staley's not ready for this situation. I think Raider. I think Raiders. But get an it interim, done. an interim coach is. Well, I don't think he could. I don't think he can really lose the game for his team, you know. Plus, dude, if they get Waller back, I think that's huge. Honestly, I think getting Waller back is the biggest thing. Top, top four tight end in in the NFL. I mean, Mm -hmm. they play him like a receiver with the amount of targets he gets. So obviously, it's huge. Uh, Plus, I feel like the Raiders and Derek Carr have come to play in all the big games this season, all their primetime games and everything, except for the one they lost to the Chargers. They've pretty much come to play. Derek Carr's, I'm pretty sure, is a really good home underdog. Mm Hmm. Exactly. I like the Raiders here, man. It's going to be a hell of a game regardless, however you play it. Ben, before we get out of here, man, let's go through it here. So here's our final playoff picture. At the one seed, we both have Tennessee, I know. At the two seed, we both have Buffalo, or we both have Kansas City, correct? Mm-hmm. Three seed, we both have Buffalo, correct? Yep. Four is Cincinnati, obviously. Five seed, we both have the Pats, right? Yep. Six is Indianapolis. Can the Colts – they can't pass the Pats, right, because they just lost? Unless the Patriots lose. Okay, not happening. Yeah, because they would uh, they would win the tiebreaker between them from head-to-head. But, yeah. So then six, we both have Indy. And then, Ben, seven seed, I, you have the Chargers. I have Chargers. the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I picked the Chargers to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year, so I feel like i got to stay true to my word. Um they seem to play really hard. Like, I, I, in the Raiders, I think, like, they'll be a team. So, like, let's say the Raiders get into the playoffs seven seed. They play the two Kansas seed. City. And I think that's a game that Kansas City honestly could be a double-digit favorite. I, I just think the Raiders will get disrespected. I just That's the time that I will back Derek Carr. When he is fully disrespected like that, that's the time to back him. I don't. I feel like given three points against the Chargers team is not really disrespecting Carr. I think the Chargers, in my opinion, are just the better team. So that's kind of where I fluctuate on the Raiders. I wouldn't be shocked if they win this game against the Chargers. They definitely can. Hey, I hope, like the, I hope the Chargers win this game. I hope the Chargers win this game by one, so we can see Herbert in the playoffs, and I win my bet. So hopefully it goes that way. Um, 
NFC wise, we both obviously the Packers is the only way you can go at the one seed. At the two seed, I have the Rams. You have the Rams as well, Ben. Yep. Okay. The three seed, we we both have Tampa. The four seed, yep. we both have Dallas. Five seed, um, Arizona's locked in there. So at the six seed. Well, so if Dallas loses this week to uh the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Does that change anything for seeding with? Did you have Arizona? Did you have Arizona or San Francisco winning the game outright? I mean, San Francisco or the Rams winning the game outright. The the Rams winning outright, but the Saints losing. So then, as long as you have Saints losing, then your lineup would be like mine as five seed Arizona, six seed Eagles, seven seed San Francisco. Because the Eagles would have one more win than San Francisco would, dropping San Francisco to the. So that's right, because Dallas. Yeah, Dallas yeah. can't thinking, move. Dallas can't Dallas move anywhere. Move. I was thinking, could Dallas lose the division, but they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're good. Keep going. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then we both have. So then we both have Arizona, the San Francisco, or the Eagles in San Francisco is the final playoff yeah. picture. So we'll three see teams. If, three teams from the West. Yeah. So we'll see if things go as we predicted. Our one switch up was I have the Charger or I have the Raiders been as the Chargers. So. We'll see how it goes, guys. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Please play responsibly. Please enjoy. This is going to be a great weekend of football, and we'll talk to you all again soon.